There is a uh, passage in the Old Testament of the Bible that I think describes for us in a lot of ways how, when we're honest about it, how we feel about God. And it's embedded in the story of Job, who is absolutely struggling, struggling with some of the most horrific things you could ever imagine. Things that we don't have to ever even imagine enduring, and yet he has been remaining faithful to his God throughout it all. But his friends, they question him. They think that he's out of his mind. And in Job 22, they say, is not God out there in the heights of the heaven? I mean, you see how far out are the highest stars, and yet he's out beyond that. Yet you say, what does God know? Does he really judge you through such darkness? Thick clouds hide him, so he does not even see us as he goes about his business in the vaulted heavens. It seems like some of the same questions they wrestled with thousands of years ago are some of the same questions that we wrestle with still today. Does God really exist? If he does, does he really hear our prayers? And if he really hears our prayers, does he really even care? Prayer is one of what I believe one of the biggest mysteries of the Christian faith. And those of you who have encountered the power of prayer can testify to the mysterious nature of it. And yet, all the time in churches or in Christian literature, you hear people try to analyze it, try to tell you how to do it, try to rationalize it. But what if prayer is something where it's just so irrational, you can't rationalize it? What if it's something that's so mysterious that you can't explain it? What if in trying to understand prayer, instead of trying to dissect it, what if we just embrace the mystery of it? Accept it for what it is and embrace the wonder of it. What if we could just stand in awe of it? Well, good morning, y'all. This morning, we are kicking off a new series entitled Silent Night. Um, which delves into the topic of prayer uh, because there's a lot of times when we pray when it feels like God is silent. Um, I think one of the most difficult aspects of the Christian faith really to understand is this whole idea of prayer. I mean, what an absurd and yet comforting concept that When we're in trouble, or we're looking for direction, or maybe we just want to talk, 
that we can just toss our words out there into the air and we are told that there is a God who cares enough, who will not only listen, but will give each and every one of us a personal response as well. I have to tell you, and I've told you this many times before, none of this spiritual stuff comes naturally for me. I'm a bit of a skeptic by nature, and so the faith part is a challenge. I'm not a religious person, and so just doing things ritualistically doesn't come naturally for me. And when you throw the whole prayer thing in the mix, it's pretty tough. (laughs) There you go. It's not that funny. But when you think about it, it really does seem a little strange, doesn't it? That we are to talk to this person whom we've never seen before, whom, by the way, just happens to be the creator of the universe. And we are to tell our deepest secrets, our toughest struggles, our darkest sin to this invisible being we call God. And yet I do believe that if I were to go around the room this morning and I were to ask each of you, do you believe in the power of prayer? I would bet that most of you would say, yeah, I believe. But I would also bet that if I were to go around the room and ask if there have been times when you wonder whether or not your prayers even make it past the ceiling, I would bet that most people would say, yeah, I have wondered the same thing. The concept of prayer eludes many of us because it's so hard to get our hands around what it looks like. How am I supposed to do it? Is there a wrong way? Is there a right way? Do I have to pray a certain way in order for God to really hear me or to make my prayer a priority above everybody else's prayers? I know I've heard some pastors and and Christian, I've seen Christian literature that says, you know, there have to be particular elements to your prayer in order for it to be heard. And some people say that if your prayer wasn't answered, it was because you didn't have enough faith. Or perhaps you didn't ask correctly. Maybe you forgot to start your prayer with, oh Lord. Or you forgot to end your prayer with, amen. Or for all you peekers out there, maybe you opened your eyes just a little too soon and it didn't take yet. Or did you make sure that at the end of your prayer you made sure to say, in Jesus' name. Can you imagine the person on their deathbed who prays for healing? And they die. And moments later, they're standing before a God who is shaking his head saying, you know, I really wanted to help you. But you just didn't pray correctly. I'm sorry, there was just nothing I could do. If that's true, God help us all. But the thing that I've discovered about prayer is that there are no real rules. Right? There is no right way or wrong way to do it. Except if I finally just shut up long enough To stay still, to be quiet, to just show up and pray, something happens. Something happens that I can't quite explain. Something ignites 
inside of me, like somebody just flipped on the switch of my soul, and all of a sudden, I am connected with the God of the universe. It's not rational. It's not explainable. But it's real to me. I'm not one of those who believe that we can explain away all of the Christian faith through historical fact or science or rationalization or logic. Because there are things that, to me, don't make logical sense. And prayer is one of those things, to me, that is just a mystery, and I'm faced with a choice. Right? I can either embrace the mystery of it, or I can just shut that whole spiritual side of my life that isn't rational that isn't explainable, out. To focus in on a world that I can just see, hear, and touch. But do you believe that you're a spiritual being? Do you believe that there is a spiritual aspect of your life? And if so, prayer, I believe, is what drives that and opens the door to your spiritual life. There's a lot of things I could talk about this morning about prayer, but I thought that I would talk about two very simple concepts, and I think that if we can just embrace those two things and understand those two things, it'll change the way that we feel and the way that we do prayer. And the first one is this. Prayer is the place where we meet God. Prayer moves us into the very presence of God. It it reminds us that we're living our lives in the presence of a God who is alive and well and who very much wants to be part of your life. And I know that we think that those moments that we encounter God should be big and wonderful and miraculous, life-changing moments. But God doesn't always operate that way. There's a story in the Old Testament that actually we looked at earlier in the year about the prophet Elijah. And I wanted to look at just a couple of those verses again from a little bit different perspective. And you may remember there was a group of people who were out there trying to kill him. And he was on the run because he was a follower of God And God must have known that he needed a little inspiration. And so he speaks to Elijah directly in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 11. And he says, The Lord said to Elijah, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. What an incredible opportunity. Elijah is finally going to meet God Face to face. I mean, Elijah had to be so pumped up and be so full of questions like, what does God look like? Is he like bigger than this mountain? Does he really have like a long white beard? Is he a really old man? Or is he just kind of some kind of bright light that's kind of more like a spirit shining in the distance? Whatever it was, Elijah steps to the edge of the mountain, and he waits to be wowed by God. And it goes on and says, And all of a sudden, 
a great and powerful wind tore through the mountains. They tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. So Elijah is waiting for this like huge thing to happen. And it does. All of a sudden, there's this huge wind event that, for whatever reason, like there's boulders exploding all over the place. And I'm sure Elijah's thinking, God is here. But he wasn't. And after the wind came an earthquake. And it shook the earth. But God wasn't in the earthquake. And I'm sure he's thinking, okay, now this fire is consuming this entire mountain. God has to be in the fire. But God wasn't there. So there were all these huge and wonderful things that were happening, but God wasn't in any of it. And then all of a sudden, after all this big and wonderful stuff, it was like a hush fell over the earth. You could have heard a pin drop. And it says in verse 12, all of a sudden there came a gentle whisper. And Elijah knew God was here. And when God finally gets Elijah's attention, he says to him, Elijah, what are you doing here? You know, we tend to look for God in all the wrong places. We want the big. We want the miraculous. We want God to make it easy and obvious for us by giving us some sort of a a sign. But we see all through the Bible that that's not the way God works. How long has it been since you just stopped? Turned off the TV. No kids, no people around you. Just sat and were quiet. How long has it been since you allowed yourself to just sit and watch the sun slowly set in the western sky? Or woke up and just listened to the song of the morning dove? Do you really think that you can find God in the craziness of your busyness. I look for God in the business world. I look for God in the next big deal. And he ain't there. We look for God in the next exciting thing or whatever is the next big thing in life, but he is not there. It's only in those quiet moments when we shut up long enough to be still and to know where you can hear the gentle whisper of God say to you, hey, what are you doing here? What's like the point of what you're doing? What are you living life for? There is this whole spiritual part of your life that you haven't even scratched the surface on yet. Far too many of us 
in the Christian world know a lot about God, but don't ever really experience the presence of God. The second thing I've learned about prayer is that it gives us the strength that we need to finish the journey. One of the most mysterious prayers that I'm obsessed with in the Bible was a prayer that Jesus spoke just before he was killed. He was stressed out beyond belief, as you can imagine, when you know, as he did, that he was facing this horrific death where he was about to be beaten within an inch of his life and then nailed to a cross to slowly bleed out and die. Nobody wants to endure that kind of torture, and neither did Jesus. And so in Luke chapter 22, it says that Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. And on reaching the place, he said to them, Pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw away beyond them and knelt down and he began to pray. And he prayed this prayer. Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. And yet, not my will, but yours be done. I find it interesting here that Jesus prayed. At all. I mean, he's the son of God and whatnot. Why would he need to pray? It's as we only understand that in that moment, he was fully human. And he felt everything that we would feel in that moment. And in fact, in the account that was written in the Gospel of Matthew about the same prayer, he says that Jesus said, My soul is deeply grieved even to the point of death. He was stressed out beyond belief. You ever feel like that? Where everything just comes down on you all at one time and you feel like you just can't go on? You feel like you don't have the strength to do what you have to do? In that moment, Jesus knew he did not have the strength to do it. If the Son of God realizes that he can't do it on his own, what makes you think that you can? Jesus knew what he was about to endure, but it doesn't mean that he wanted to go through it, and so he prays. He says, God, if there's any other way to save mankind other than for me to go to the cross, please just let me know what it is. Yet your will be done. You can just see that Jesus is wrestling with what he has to do. He's wrestling with God. And in the end, he has this deep, firm belief that God's will is what's best, that he can trust God to make the final call. That is a verse that I relied on heavily in one of the darkest times of my life when my mom was dying. Because, to be honest, 
I, I didn't know what to pray. I didn't know whether to pray for some miraculous healing from her cancer, even though it was all throughout her body. Or to pray to have just two or three more days that I could be with her. Or just to pray that God would just end her suffering and take her quickly. I didn't know. But in that moment, for whatever reason, I had the faith to rely on the fact that God did. And I left it up to him. And quite frankly, I didn't want to have to think about that. I didn't want to have to make that decision. All I wanted to do is to be freed up to cry and to grieve. God desires that we feel his presence and allow him to walk with us and strengthen us in our greatest times of pain. I love the way this ends up. Because in verse 43 it says, An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. It's an incredible idea, isn't it, that in the darkest moment of the Son of God, the Heavenly Father sent him an angel to give him the strength that he needed to finish the journey. That's about as irrational and mysterious of a concept that you can ever imagine. But you know something? I believe that happened. And do you notice, and one of the reasons why I believe it is because do you notice that in this passage that God didn't take away Jesus' pain? God didn't make it any easier for Jesus. He didn't say, yeah, you know what? Let all those people go to hell, son. You don't worry about the cross. He simply gave him the strength to do what he had to do and to finish the journey. I learned in one of the darkest moments of my life that God is very real. Because I believe that in one of the worst hours of my life was also one of the most holy moments that I've ever experienced. Because I know something happened. Something indescribable. I felt the presence of God so deeply, it was like he was sitting right there next to me. I can't explain it. I can't prove it to you. I don't have any pictures, but I believe it, and I embrace the mystery of it. When we go to God in our weakest moments, he doesn't take away the pain. He doesn't make it any easier for us, but he miraculously gives us the strength that we need to finish the journey that lies before us. Look, here's the bottom line about prayer. God hears our prayers as they are, not because they sound good or because you've studied theology or that you know the scriptures really well. God hears everyone's prayers the same. 
No matter how great is somebody's ability to make their prayer sound real good, God could care less whether you're a good prayer or not. He just wants to hear your heart. Prayer moves us from the rational to the relational. It takes us beyond just talking about God, and it takes us into the very presence of God. When you pray, it doesn't need to be some big production or some well-rehearsed speech. It doesn't even have to sound real good. God just wants prayers that come from our heart that are honest and authentic and real. We have to create safe places in our lives that we can retreat. That we can experience those quiet moments where we do just shut up and be still and to know. Because it's in those moments that cause us to live differently, passionately. And it opens the door to our spirituality. But it's only when we stop struggling trying to do it on our own long enough that we can finally hear the still, small voice of God get through all the chaos and the craziness and the drivenness of your life when He finally gets your attention and He whispers to you, what are you doing here? What's like the point? What are you living for? What is your purpose? And all of a sudden we get it. That there is a whole nother world that is out there that we haven't even scratched the surface on. That we can live for something greater than just this life. For just the daily grind. And when we are in our darkest moments, when we are in our greatest pain and it feels like we just can't go on, we have a promise that when you ask, God will show up and he will walk with you and he will give you the strength that you need to finish the journey.